0: If you were free from fear, who would you have the freedom to be? Oh, right. Kelsey, this I know. Kelsey is a good know. one. If you were free from fear, who would you have the freedom to be? Damn, heel squad. This is going to be a good one. Prepare yourselves. Today we're chatting with my good friend Gabby Bernstein about her new book, Happy Days. She's going to be um helping us turn our trauma and suppressed fears and feelings to profound freedom and inner peace. Um, I am really excited. Um, This book is incredible. What a great way to start identifying things. If you haven't done any trauma work, if you don't really know, well, I don't think my trauma is real trauma or I don't don't have trauma. So she talks about the big T, big traumas. And then there's little t's. So there's all kinds of traumas we're going to learn about today. And I think you might get to hear something that will unlock a little something in you um, and maybe let you know why you've been blocked, why you've behaved a certain way, why you've been afraid of certain things, um, why you are, you know, the way you are. And um, that's kind of the first step towards your freedom. And she has so many great tools in here. Or not tools, but... What would you say, Kels? Like
1: tips, techniques. You know, it is. Yeah. It was less about like the tangible tools, but it was more like she was vulnerable, so you were able to learn through her mm-hmm. and her journey and her, you know, and her friends and her friends. Yeah, she told exactly. Stories of too.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, for more than 16 years, Gabby Bernstein has been transforming lives, including her own. The number one New York Times bestselling author has penned nine books, was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader. The New York Times identified Gabby as a new role model. From her start hosting intimate conversations with 20 people in her New York City apartment, Gabby has grown to speaking to tens of thousands in sold out venues throughout the world. I've been one of those. Um, Better Together and The Heal Squad are very excited to welcome Gabby Bernstein. Hi. Baby doll. How are you, friend? Baby
2: doll. <laughs> I'm glad I love you. So I much.
0: love you. I'm so really excited to, um, to chat with you today about all of this.
2: First of all, I'm so deeply grateful to be with you and talking about this book because you, my love, are, uh, as I said earlier, my reader. You are the core demographic, and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful to just go there with you. And it's one eleven Eastern time right now as we start. Ooh. Hey. Obviously. Hey. I like that. I like that. Obviously. You look fantastic, by the way. Oh, I'll take it. Thank you. I just got back from a week vacation. Uh, the,
0: the The one we were talking about.
2: That I should have gone happen. on, but you know. Well, you can come on the next one. <laughs> I, will li- I would like that. That would be nice. Or just you and Kev come move in to my house for a week and just hang out. Yes, if we need to do anyway. That would be
0: very, very nice.
2: Um, how have
0: you been doing in the last few months?
2: Well, you, my love, have been a very great source of support for me. I, I'll start with saying I'm doing great right now but two and a half months ago, I had to terminate a pregnancy. I'd been pregnant for five and a half months. I was sad. sadly informed that my son was not getting what he needed in, from my placenta for his growth. So I had to terminate the pregnancy, which was rough. And I also am coming out of it with, ex- with extreme resilience. <laughs> extreme resilience. not just like oh i'm resilient i'm extremely resilient some of it is really helpful when you come home to a healthy little boy my three-year-old son who's just everything to me and so that makes it a lot easier i'm not going to take that out of the equation but i will say that my faith my spiritual faith is my guiding light it is the foundation in my life it has given me grace in the midst of grief i have the amazing opportunity right now to reflect back that everything i've been practicing for my entire life really allowed me to experience that experience with a lot more ease than i otherwise would have if i didn't have the faith that i'm so grounded in yeah so i'm doing really good right now good I'm doing great right now and i know my soul baby is with me and i got a kitten who might show up on the show today, (laughs) Jimmy Blue, she's outside. She wants to hang out. She is, I really believe, I believe that angels come through animals as I know you know this. Mm -hmm. I know you believe that. So some angel chose to come through this kitten and I'm just like, Obsessed with her the whole time I was at vacation. I was like, uh, enough about me. Let me tell you about my cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. They give so much love. Animals are so special. They just they brighten your day. I mean, every single day, I'm like, I am so happy when I'm with them. They just give mm-hmm. me so much joy.
2: Just they are just pure joy.
0: Yeah. Even They're when teachers. they poop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this book, gabby. um, you wrote this during quarantine
2: yeah and
0: and and I remember talking to you and you were you were writing this so why why now why um why was this the right time to write this for you?
2: I knew I wanted and needed to write this book in two thousand and sixteen when i had a dream, I was in Los Angeles and I had a dream of being sexually abused as a child. And I woke up and I was like, that is so real. And I just pushed it down. I was like, nope, I'm never going to speak of this. I'm never going to talk about this again. Days later, I was in therapy talking to my therapist about some intimate things in my life that were up when she said, really asked Does it in any way feel like this could be related to a past experience of sexual abuse or it wasn't suggestive in any way, but she said something that completely reminded me and reactivated a memory of a dissociated experience from my childhood. That memory was the beginning of a massive radical shift in my own personal growth but it also was extremely horrific at the time. Because if you have a dissociated memory from a long time ago, from a childhood experience, it's because the trauma was so extreme that it flooded you so much that your brain literally said, we're taking a break here, checking out, going for a nap. But even though it might not be in your exact memory, it's still in your physical somatic experience. It's still showing up in every reactive pattern, addiction, workaholism, everything that I was really struggling with in my early twenties and thirties. So really ultimately that memory, when I had it and I decided, okay, I'm going to go on the path to really recovering from trauma. I knew right then and there that I had to write about it. I knew that there was a book in this. I knew that I had to live to tell, but I also knew that it was not going to happen until I was on the other side. How long did it take you to officially get to the other side? Well, I remembered the trauma in 2016, and I am now in 2020 writing, in 2020 started writing the book. So that was several years, but I really think it was all the years leading up to the memory that really, it really contributed to the recovery because my therapist said it best. She said, I said, why did I remember this now? And she said, because of all the work that you've done, the spiritual work, the therapeutic work that you've done that got you to a place where you were safe enough to remember. Ah. So it was all the work before and all the work to this point. So you call it 16 years. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a little bit uh, less bleak about it. All the work along the way continued to bring me closer and closer to a sense of freedom, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: more and more relief more and more grace, more and more groundedness, more and more safety in my body and in my subconscious. So there was so much grace along the way. But now I'm really free. So I have a question. When you were doing the work,
0: let's say, with your addictions and such, what were you guys tracing it back to? Because was there someone along the way that had maybe suggested this could have been an issue and it was so repressed then that you didn't even acknowledge or think about that as a possibility hey hill squad and better together fam Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos' Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you.
2: It's such a good question, Maria. So I would always question, why was I a cocaine addict? Like, why did I become a drug addict? Because I had this story of my childhood. Often when you dissociate from a traumatic event or from any kind of neglect in your childhood or anything that wasn't right, you can create a whole other storyline that it was very different than it was. And my story was real different. So when I'm going through my recovery, when I got sober at 25 and I'm getting sober and getting into recovery, I'm really questioning what the heck happened to me that made me do this. Maybe in the back of my mind, I had a sense that there was something more, but I didn't know what it was. And when you have a dissociated memory, you also have fragmented images in your mind. So in your mind's eye and your dreams. You can almost have like flashbacks of images and imagery and, and feelings, a, feel, a sensation when something triggers you. So I had that, but I didn't know what it was. and I didn't know where it came from.
0: Wow. So there's so much in here, but I want to start with just the big T and the little T. Because I thought that was such a great um, thing to explain to people because I think a lot of us will deny that we even have traumas. They're like, how could I have had, you know, I wasn't raped when I was a kid or I wasn't molested, whatever. You think of the big ones and you're like, that didn't happen, but you're having those effects. So explain to people the difference between big T and little T.
2: We've all experienced trauma, everyone listening if you're alive right now at this time, you have experienced trauma. You were <clears throat> told to go home in 2020 and wait until you were allowed out. That's traumatic. That is a traumatic event that we all experienced. Your general freedoms have been adjusted. Your, your, your day, day-to-day life is, is pretty heightened and chaotic. And there's not a lot of uh, ease with which we live these days. So our nervous systems have been rocked. That, means that we've all had some kind of trauma in our life at this stage and we have before that but now we're more aware of it a big d trauma is something that's often repeated or it's something that's so extreme that you dissociate like i said or it's uh it's it's uh, experience where you can't get yourself back to safety necessarily uh or something where you are flooded with that rush of of fear that is so extreme that you fight, flight, freeze and flee. And when we have those big T traumas, they often can be very repressed. They can often be so shameful or so difficult for us to show up for. They often become something that we will do anything we can to anesthetize, to avoid, to, to not go towards. A small T trauma can have the same effect but it may not be as outwardly as extreme so it may not be the abuse it may not be the rape it may not be the uh the the extreme neglect it might not be the 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 uh, loss of a parent at a very young age or it could be something maybe far more far far more s- seemingly simple like uh <clears throat> a small t trauma being bullied wouldn't necessarily be looked at as a traumatic event but it absolutely is Or a small T trauma of uh, being being told you're not smart enough. And that affects the rest of your life, your career, your experience in your education. We all have these experiences in our life. And when there's smaller T traumas that are seemingly okay or societally accepted, we will just blow them off. We'll sort of tuck it away and say, ah, that didn't happen. Sometimes the big T traumas get more of our attention. So we actually get to work on them faster. But why I like this book for someone with big T or small T traumas because the trauma is affecting you in the same way. Maybe it's a little less extreme. Maybe it's not as, as debilitating if it's a smaller T trauma, but it's still having the same effect on your life from the standpoint that it is affecting the ways that you protect yourself. It's affecting the ways that you eat, the ways that you sleep, the ways that you relate. Big T and small T trauma show up in all corners of our life. And so if you have a small T trauma, it's very likely that you rush brushed under the rug and aren't in therapy and aren't looking at it and aren't talking about it and just avoiding it but you're really reliving it every single day. So this book is for anyone who wants to just release the pain and the suffering and the programming from our past so that you can be free in this present moment. Now, the promise is freedom. The promise is inner peace. That's a big fucking promise, Maria.
0: (laughs) 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 Can you get there without the therapies that you mentioned in there? Can you relieve yourself of these traumas if you don't have the funds, let's say to do EMDR or somatic expression work or any of that?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Throughout the book, I share my own journey of recovery from trauma, which also includes, as you mentioned, all the therapeutic practices that I was guided to. But the other thing that I give in the book are take-home practices that you can begin to apply right now, that you can say, I'm going to use this. There's an entire chapter on the somatic experience and how you can self-regulate and really calm your nervous system, bring yourself back to safety, the goal of introducing the therapeutic practices is one that I believe when you read something and it really lights you up and sparks your interest, it's a sign that that is a practice and a method that will be right for you. It's, it's not, a not, don't question it. So if you're like, I don't have the means, I can't get a IFS therapist, or I've mentioned internal family systems and EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. If you don't get the, the, if you get the memo, okay, I want to do this, but then you're like, I don't have the money for it. That isn't the end. So what happens in the book, and what happens in all the resources that I provide are actually ex- experiential practices of these methods, but also guidance to free resources, guidance to therapists who will give financial aid, just, just the, where there's a will, there's a way. And that's, mm-hmm. there's never been a better time to use that phrase. Yeah. I really we even teach tapping that- in there. I teach tapping and I give away tapping videos and the resources. So there's tapping meditations, there's tapping videos, there's self-regulating tools, there's meditations. So there's so much in this book. And mm-hmm. that's why they call them self-help books. They're, it's there for you to do the work with, with me. And I hope that the book is a guide to crack you open to the possibilities of the deeper work that you can do in session with a therapist. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. I loved... Um... the the boxes where you had to write your triggers. I was like writing mine in there. Um, How hard was it for you to be as vulnerable as you were in this book? Because you have to get it. You've gotten to that place now where you're so, you know, well known and you're at the top of your game. And it can be scary to tell your followers, like I've, I've had this vulnerability or I was, you know, I, I was suffering in this way while I was, you know, amazingly at the top of my game. It's just no one ever wants to show that vulnerability. Mm. So how hard was it for you to do that?
2: I'm going to answer that with um, a passage from the introduction. Okay. Okay. Introduction, the truth about this book. We're anxious for you, Gabby said my publisher after reading the first pass of the manuscript. It feels too vulnerable, they continued. You're revealing one difficult moment after the next. You're not showing your true strength. My ability to be this vulnerable is my true strength, I responded. The conversation carried on with several moments of tears, passionate explanations defending the manuscript, mixed with mutual agreement and love. While this was a challenging conversation to have, it was necessary. This book is different from the eight that came before. This book reveals parts of me that I'd never known were there until I started this writing process. This book tells the story of how to survive and thrive. This is my story of recovering from trauma. The reason I read that is because that ability to share my vulnerability is my true strength it's the reason people read my books. It's the reason that the work works for my readers and for my audience members, because I'm telling the truth. Now, with that said, I did take that advice from my publisher and I went back into the manuscript and I did soften the edges. I did add more of my true strength. What I think that they were saying also was, You're showing the dark stuff, but you're not talking about the great stuff. And so I think to your point, Maria, you can be going through a storm of, of, of issues and physical conditions and traumatic memories and addictive behaviors and still be thriving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still be thriving.
0: I think it's, I, I understand what you're kind of saying. It's almost like you put yourself in, in that Gabby and wrote from the pain, from the suffering, from all of that. And you forgot who the other Gabby is because that's the old Gabby. And this is the Gabby 2.0, right? Like it's almost. I couldn't like,
2: leave her out. I couldn't leave her out of the story. She yeah. had to be in the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like sometimes was, Kevin will get was, mad at me when I say something and I completely disregard where I've gotten in life, where, cause I just go back into that mode of like where it w- the pain was, you know?
2: I was actually going to use you as an example right now because. You've been through a lot of trauma with the, with illness, with your family and your mother in particular, but you've been thriving through it. You've created this show out of it. You have been in the service of so many humans. You've had so much fun along the way. You have just been the vessel for God's work, even in the midst of a really traumatic experience. You are the example of that.
0: It's time to make your life a little easier, and to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Well, I um I have to say, I think one of my favorite parts um, Was your vulnerability in sharing that there was that moment with your, um, where you had to admit, I need help and I need, I need more help than what I have in my toolbox. Tell Hmm. everybody kind of the story of how your journey came to medication and You know, you talk a lot in the book about the guilt that you had and how come Gabby Bernstein with all her spiritual tools can't get herself there. I thought that was such an important thing because you shared that with me. And then I'm a vault and just keep my mouth shut. And then I'm reading the book. I'm like, oh, Jesus, she's telling everybody. Oh, my God, I thought this was like a private little thing that you just maybe don't tell
2: people, but you tell people. Look at you. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing private anymore, Maria. <laughs> That's not true. I have a, I have a very private life, even though I'm very vocal about my life as well. Uh, th- that chapter that you're referring to is called don't call me crazy. It's the chapter that when I was reading the audio book, I cried while I was reading the chapter. It was really, really reactivating for me. It was my, when my husband read the, the book, that was a chapter that really took him to a, a place of just remembering a dark time it opens with me in the back seat of the car with my at the time eight-month-old child maybe no sorry I think it was a four-month-old child at the time in the back seat and under my breath I'm saying I want to die it's mother's day I'm on my way to my in-law's house I get to the house, I sit down at the dinner table. We're just sitting there and I start crying and just just weeping and weeping. And my mother-in-law comes over and she puts her hand on my shoulder and says, it's okay, honey. All moms, all new moms are anxious. I understood that she was just trying to help, but this wasn't just new mom anxiety. It was much more. And in that chapter, I go on to share that I was silently suffering from postpartum depression and anxiety and insomnia. In the chapter, I talk about the bottom that I hit and the intervention that I had with my therapist. And I had to hit bottom, a big bottom, of really talk about trauma. I have a lot of PTSD from that time that I'm still working through. Nights, afternoon, months of not sleeping is a form of torture Mm -hmm. because of anxiety and insomnia. When I finally hit bottom, which I share about in that chapter... I was guided to a psychiatrist who diagnosed me with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, which she diagnosed within seconds. She's like, okay, yeah, you've got this classic case and gave me a prescription for uh, antidepressant. But it took me so many months to get to that doctor's office because of all the stigmas, because of Mm -hmm. the wellness world saying, don't take medication because of the, the, the stories I was hearing from my contemporaries and fellow self-help authors. and I. Sound like I'm in a place of blaming. I'm just more in a place of warning because when we are following a wellness, spiritual, self help path, we can often forget that God is in the medication and forget that God is in the doctors. And I'll say it fucking loud here, Maria. And you can delete this if you want. God is in the vaccine. Okay. (laughs) We don't have to go there if you don't want to. You can delete it. But (laughs) I, I, I mean, like, that, what is she going to say? <laughs> What's she going to say? Oh, shit. But I'm saying it and I'll and I'll take the heat for it because we have to trust that. We and, and maybe you do take that out because somebody may not uh, may maybe you leave it, maybe you don't. But the point I'm making is that if you believe and you decide to choose to believe that there are that there is a that there is spirit, that there is guidance, that there is God in all things. That are of the highest good for you, then you can get yourself to the exact practices, methods, teachers, and medication at times, doctors that you need to survive and thrive. When we deny ourselves those possibilities because of our, uh, because we're so willful or because of our, we're so holistic, we actually take years off of our life. Mm. We create so much more chaos. And so I I went unmedicated with a very clear diagnosis for months and months and months because I was just too I was trying so hard to fix it holistically. So I really put that out as a warning particularly to postpartum mamas because it's super shameful to admit that you're going through uh depression or uh, anxiety in general and postpartum mothers put so much pressure on themselves. And I'm just wanting to just shift the shame and and just just release the stigma around mental illness and just say, if you have a proper diagnosis and a biochemical condition, get the support that you need and trust that God is in that medication. I like shift the shame. It's like another book title. I know. Shift Kill the
0: shame. Bum. Well, because I'll say I was shocked when I was reading it and you said, if I have this right, that you never took medication before.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, Even it was really like, the first time I was really, I was like, Zach, my husband had to meet me at the pharmacy because so I was brought up homeopathic.
0: So no antibiotics, like nothing ever. Wow. That's
2: big. There was actually, no, I took antibiotics one time for SIBO. I had gastrointestinal issues and I took the, the antibiotics for SIBO. And then there was this. Wow.
0: But mainly you're not, you're not somebody that takes medication. I didn't have, I
2: never even had a pharmacist. Wow. I didn't have a a account at the pharmacy. Was it hard to to take it?
0: What? Because you were white knuckling it for four months. Was it hard to actually like swallow that first pill and say, I'm doing this? No,
2: by that point I was like, so relieved to have a plan. Yeah. But it also took many months. I mean, when you get on a, SSRI, it takes several months for it to kick in and Mm -hmm. you want to make sure it's the right med for you. And so it's not like an instant fix. It was still, and the most important thing that I say in the book is that my psychiatrist said to me, you've done so much therapeutic work and you will continue to. And what this medication will do is create a deeper sense of safety so you can do deeper work. And that was true. You know my story, you know that I went diving headfirst. is on the book. I dove headfirst into very, very deep therapeutic processes. EMDR with Tammy Felicenti, who's been on her show. Um, Somatic experiencing with Brian, who works with us. I went deep into internal family systems therapy so much so that I got trained in the level one of this IFS therapy. I had three therapy sessions a week. And yeah, you're thinking, okay, Gabby, you could afford all that. Yes, I could. And I devoted my Funds and my money to the best the best investment I could have possibly made, and so someone's listening and thinking, "Well, I can't afford all that." Well, that's why I wrote this book. I wrote this book for that person. I wrote this book for that person to say, "Here are methods you can take right now. Here is an introduction to these practices. If they sound right for you, here is the next step that you can take to find resources that are affordable or free." Hmm.
0: Yeah, I um, I think you know when you um when you have it, even then it's still hard to do it. It's hard to, to give, to carve out time. It's hard to, uh, you know, allocate that way when you start to think, well, I could allocate it towards my son. I could allocate, you know, it's, it's still like a hard thing, but I know you, you're just committed to figuring it out. Um, I, I was blown away, um, by all the stories of you, even just, when you were going on stage and you had nothing left in the tank. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk to us about a little, a little bit of that. I feel like, you know, we're both in, we're in different industries, but it's similar. It's like the show must go on and there's an energy that comes through your body when you are on a stage and somehow some way you could be half dead and then you could come to life and then you go back to half dead status. I've done that many, many times um talk to us a little bit about that all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me i've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know i am focused to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it.
2: Well, the the work that I do and the work that you do in many ways is our medicine. Because when we do this work we are in the service of others we are genuinely devoted to service and and every time we pick up a microphone or get onto a stage or whatever it is and in that service we are deeply inspired and when you're inspired you're in spirit spirit can move through you you're channeling you're you're really receiving so much of a such a great gift i always say that, that i borrow the benefits when I am in the mm. service of others. I like that. So while I might've been really overworked and burnt out in my life, I still would just get on stage and everything would just, just light light up. So I see that in many ways as medicine. I see my experience of writing these books and getting on stage as counseling myself first. And in the expression of, reminding myself of the truths that I know to be true for me. I was really healing others and and serving others, but healing myself.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like that when I get to do this show every day in a different way, where I'm like, I'm personally learning and growing every day from all the people that we bring on. So it's just as much for me as it is for everybody else. Um, You talk a lot about kind of just... um, shifting addictions and i think that's a really important discussion for people because you 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 talk about kind of trading the addiction for another so okay you get sober but now you throw yourself into workaholic you know mode can you explain that to people and share a little bit about that
2: often when we put down our drug of choice we can pick up another one in the chapter that you're referring to, I say, put down the drink and the drug, but I picked up the boyfriend, right? I became severely codependent. And then I became very uh, addicted to work. Those addictive patterns I've come to understand through my training in internal family systems, IFS therapy founded by Dick Schwartz. I have come to understand that those addictions are actually forms of protection, self-protection or Protector parts, as you would say in IFS. They show up to temporarily numb out, shut down, anesthetize, fearful triggers that we're not yet ready to face. Today, I can look back and say thank you to those addictive patterns and see that they had a very important role in my life. That they kept me safe for that period of time. That they were my coping mechanism. That they were my ability to get through. I can look back at the drug addict, Gabby, who is addicted to cocaine and say, good job, you did the best you could. And, and also say thank you because the drug addiction was brought, brought you to your knees and was a spiritual awakening for you. I can look back at codependent Gabby and say, thank you for just doing whatever you could to feel safe enough at the time so that you could get through so that you could show up so that you could feel enough of a secure attachment to get through the day. And I can look back at workaholic Abby and say, thank you for writing nine books in 11 years. Like, good job. You know, (laughs) We don't have to be that extreme anymore. We can, we can do a little bit less and attract a lot more, but you know, you did a good job and thanks for your service. (laughs) (laughs) So I can really look back and see those extreme behaviors with a lot of compassion and a lot of love and a lot of a lot of, uh, uh, just, just great, great appreciation because they were the best I could do at the time.
0: But I see a lot of people that do that kind of switch over. So it's really important, I think, for people to, to read about that and to maybe see it in themselves. Like I have somebody who, um, was addicted to alcohol, swap that for shopping, swap that like, there's just different things to be addicted to um, and I think it's a, a good thing to kind of be aware of.
2: What happens with addiction, Maria, is that we get addiction is addiction is addiction. So if you put down one, if you're, if you're not addressing the root cause of addiction, which in this book, I very say, very, very frankly, that I believe is trauma. If you're not addressing the root cause of addiction, then you're just going to keep picking up a new addictive pattern. It may be less destructive. You might be in AA now, you might be sober. That's excellent. But you're now addicted to work or you're addicted to porn or you're addicted to, or you're addicted to, when you're addicted to something like work, often it's praised. So you've now got this socially acceptable addiction that you're just, you know, on the sidelines using as a way to get numb or stay numb, even though you put the drink down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's really important to call that out because if you don't address the root cause condition, then the patterns are going to stay in place, even if they're just less extreme or less life-threatening. mm mm-hmm. So we have to address the root cause condition
0: what about trauma manifesting in the body there is mm. some really amazing stuff in the book about that um tell me tell me and everybody how trauma manifests in the body
2: it's so funny when I think about this book it's like I put so much in there like yeah. I really went dove deep I shared all of the the, the, the teachers the methods the practices that just Really changed me. One of which is the work of Dr. John Sarno. And he wrote his name just
0: in case there was somebody else that I was missing. I'm like, I got to remember to ask her about him.
2: (laughs) Sarno. Yeah. So he wrote a really uh, famous book called uh, Healing Back Pain or How to Heal Back Pain. Mm -hmm. And then he also, um, one that really served me greatly was The Mind Body Prescription. The thesis being that our physical conditions have a psychosomatic connection that we often, our back pain could be related to impermissible rage. Our gastrointestinal issues are are extreme anxiety or PTSD, migraines, fibromy- fibromyalgia, uh, just just uh, skin conditions that are insomnia for sure. I think insomnia is an anxiety disorder. Of course, there's other medical diagnoses, you know, sleep apnea or whatever it is, but. Often, while it is a actual physical di- diagnosis that you're getting, it's not something that you've made up in your brain. It is, well, I guess Sarno would say that, you're, that your brain is using the body as a way of avoiding the impermissible feelings. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you're not having the physical problem, right? So the physical problem is there. I don't want to just tell people your physical problems are bullshit. That's not true. They are there. I had severe gastrointestinal issues for years. You've seen me through it. So such extreme illness, but it was really psychosomatic. It all was rooting oh, and stemming from chills. Yeah, it was stemming from unresolved PTSD, unresolved anxiety. <laughs> Kelsey's disorder.
0: face in the booth is like,
1: Grr! Kelsey's going through I get her it. SIBO healing. Exactly.
2: Oh my I get God. It. Thank
0: God for you. Cause you mm-hmm. brought her all the right people finally to yep. start the healing process. Honestly. Yeah. So so talk about that because when I read that part of the book. I instantly thought of a friend who had severe back pain and they could not figure out what it was, had back surgery. And I asked someone just the other day, I said, how is she doing? I haven't heard from her. And she said, I think it's just in her head. And I'm like, oh my God, people are so mean. And then I read this and I said, holy shit. So I DM'd her. I go, you've got to read Dr. Jaron Sarno's book immediately because no one can figure out what it is. And the, and, and the girl is in so much pain. And it makes sense that this could be a possibility. Does she have a trauma
2: history that you know of? I don't know.
0: Okay. She's a friend of a friend's who I was just helping her find like the top back surgeon in, in the country. And, um, and I was giving her some other stuff. But I feel like uh, that's something I'll have to dig in with her and, and help her kind of become more aware of
2: um but yeah i want to be clear we have physical conditions uh they deserve and require as i said are already that the god works through the medication and god works through the doctor and the surgery or whatever it is but back to the original point if we don't get to the root cause condition the symptoms will continue to come back it will not get resolved a mental health standpoint as well,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the support of a medication is excellent because it's just going to give you a sense of uh, temporary relief while you do the deeper work on a on a on a mental health per- level. We have to really begin to see the psychosomatic condition and really accept it. it it's it's just that the, the work of Sarno works if you are if you have buy in if you're just like, no way, it's just not going to work. That's okay though. That's okay. But, uh, you have to really believe it.
0: Yeah. 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 Kelsey, is this connecting with you?
1: Massively. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I'm kind of speechless in here slash writing notes down because I think that's one thing with me, Gab, where it's like my SIBO, I've always known that there's something deeper, but I've never really like delved into it. And I,
0: well, cause no. you don't want to, I
1: don't want to. And I'm I've no. talked to you about
0: that the second yeah. this all went down. Yeah. That was my, yeah. my feeling on it.
1: And I also think that like, I was always the one, like I'm the strong one. I'm the, I don't have time for that. I had to be
0: the happy one, yeah, the I mean, positive one.
1: And if it was always a, oh, my stomach, my stomach. And so then everyone heard it so much. They were like, they just ignored me. They were like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, be quiet. So I think mm-hmm. I just like shoved everything down and still do. And I still need to explore it. So yeah, I'm just in here like, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yuck, so yep. happy days will be your guide to just gently, gently, gently touching into safely and gently what the root cause condition may be underneath the presentation of SIBO, the the, the diagnosis of this gastrointestinal disorder. The other thing is I want to just correct you, Kels. Don't say my SIBO. The ah. SIBO. The SIBO. Don't
1: own it, yeah.
2: No, it's not yours. It's mm. just something that's happening. The other thing I want to point out is that Sarno's work would really say that the, the viscera, your, uh, your GI system, your ability to have proper motility and digest your food is contracted because you're pushing down, you said, the impermissible feelings that you have not resolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you push down those impermissible feelings, the stomach contracts. Mm-hmm. The, the, the GI system then starts to s- slow down. You are no longer in that stressed state, in that fight flight state. Your stomach cannot properly, the motility of your stomach slows down. You actually tighten the stomach, suck it in. And when you have that, slower motility, you're not digesting properly. And therefore food is getting caught in your small intestine. It is then creating bacteria, which starts the process of SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. overgrowth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so crazy. I literally underlined you have that. I mean, this whole section like really spoke to me. And then also gut seizure. I used to get like massive gut seizures. It's just like, you just literally listed everything that I've ever gone through. And I know that I'm not alone. So I think that, like you said, I'm really excited to have this by my bedside and continue to dive deeper because it's such a good place to start. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, but it's scary. So how
0: do you, how do you advise people reading the book? I know like there's so many pauses that you take. And I thought that was really special because it was like, okay, take a breath and you'll Mm -hmm. do your breathing exercises or whatever. But Mm -hmm. how do you advise the Kelsey's of the world to go through this and start to face it? Because I know the fear is I have to get up and go to work every day. How am I? I, I'm going to end up in the fetal position if I start dealing with this shit.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're right, Maria. I co-regulate with the reader the whole way through because I know how activating the the just even the contemplation hearing my stories can just activate and trigger somebody. So throughout the book, I say, come back to this chapter. Mm -hmm. Don't do this practice right now. Here's an, here's a prayer. Here's a breathing exercise. I'm constantly co-regulating, checking in, just, Hoping that the reader feels like I'm literally with them next to them. I'm in a lot of beds night. <laughs> I'm sleeping next to a lot of people. <laughs> but that I'm so, so with them every step of the way, so that one, they know they're not alone, two, they know they don't have to tackle it all at once. Three, that if it's feeling safer to just say, "Nope, not now I'm going to that next chapter, that's great. Or if it's even safer to say, "Nope, not now, I'm putting this book down. I'm going to go read one of her other books I'm manifesting, that's fine, too. Because Mm -hmm. if it feels too fresh, too activating, it's going to put you in the fetal position. This isn't the moment. This is a book to save on the bookshelf, come back to it, dip into it when you feel safe enough to go there. The intention of this book is not to re-traumatize people. It's to give them the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. That's the subtitle. It's not a book to re-traumatize. So that's why I'm extremely cautious of the readers. Oh, yeah.
0: There were so many moments I was like, oh. I like this. Okay, here we go. Yeah, well, because I them. was I was having little moments where I would feel my jaw clenching. Of course. Like even just hearing about you clenching your jaw or whatever, because I have TMJ, but mine's also connected to the tumor. And so I'm like, oh, my God. And I'd have to like say, calm down. Calm down. Everything's fine. I'm sitting on my recliner. Kevin's sitting next to me. He's working mm. on his script and I'm reading. And, mm. uh, and so I know. But Kelsey, I feel like you... Um, I think you kind of just disassociated in a sense and just were like I'm Definitely. reading this as a producer.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I think I've done that for a long, long, long time. And yeah. it's it's quote unquote served me in my mind to disassociate. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I do
2: it. It helped me all I my life, but she's making a nice point. Kelly's uh Kelsey's dissociative part. We'll just call mm. it because I like to speak about I just finished with the IFS level one training. Ooh. So I am certified in Ooh. internal family systems therapy. Uh, I'm not a therapist yet. I will definitely attempt that at some point or do that, but I am currently trained in IFS. My experience is now to really witness people in all of their parts. The different, we have the concept of internal family systems therapy is that we have all these different parts of ourselves. We all have protector parts. So for Kelsey, in this instance, what protector part is the dissociative part or a protector part is a controlling part, or a protector part is a hypervigilant part. Mm -hmm. The ways that we push down, as Kelsey said, numb out, anesthetize the child parts, the exiled parts. So, So we have protectors and then we have exiles. Exiles are those child parts that we do not wanna see, that we don't wanna ever hear of, that we just wanna push down. Kelsey's done a really good job just shutting that child part down, 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 down. And so we, even her gastrointestinal SIBO, the SIBO, is a protector. It's another thing to focus on other than the suffering, the child Mm. hurts.
1: Holy wow.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. But we all have, here's the good news, we all have self. Self is the resourced, all-knowing, spiritually connected part. It's the God within us. It's the love within us. It's the, it's the resourced part of who we are that has the capacity to heal to show up for anything so the goal isn't to shut down our parts the goal of ifs is to let self in let self help and serve the protectors let let self help the protectors be less extreme in their roles and then through therapy go save those little children And the protectors or
0: what you're, you mean by like, you know, when you're in those fear, hypervigilant states.
2: Yeah. Let me give you an example. So one of my big protectors, I called the controller. (laughs) So I would be on a zoom call and my team, my team, my new team of like the last two years are just like, don't know that part nearly at all necessarily. But my old team, God bless them, lived with the controller. So like, let's say the internet wasn't the internet was down on a Zoom or 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 the the website went down in the middle of launching a book or something like this. That controller part would freak the freak out. I would go crazy. I would try to control every detail, get and it would make everybody more crazy and it would create mm-hmm. so much chaos and it was just so so activated. And the reason it was so activated is because it was trying to numb the child part that felt so out of control as a child. And so why did I control to try to numb out the part that felt so out of control? And so the more I've practiced internal family systems, the more I've been able to befriend that controlling part, the more I've been able to let that controlling part know that I, Gabby, am there, that I am showing up, that I can, I can handle this situation. And the more that that controller protector has been able to rely on me, myself, the less extreme it is. Maybe it'll show up for here and there, but not really that much at all. Mm-hmm. And she's actually a really important part. The controller has a really important role. If the controller wasn't there, I wouldn't be launching books and finishing and completing the manuscript and I wouldn't be able to lead my team. And, you know, so the controller has a great role when she's not in her extreme role. So And so the goal is to get them out of their extreme roles. So how does
0: arms. this work, right? When we talk about manifesting... And the art of allowing and all of that. But then there's the controlling and the pushing and the forcing and the fighting. How, how do you reconcile all of that?
2: When you practice something like internal family systems, and you start to become curious about those protector parts, and you befriend them, and you start to work with them, and through the therapeutic process, let them know that they're not unsafe and just really i can do a little bit of it with you today to just to give a demo what happens is is they like i said become less extreme and therefore your whole system your whole internal system becomes more feels more safe in that sense of safety you're a super tractor. you're a magnet when you feel safe in your body when you feel safe in your mind and you feel safe in your soul everything that you desire will come to you it's the law you just become a magnet for more yeah, it's, it's, I feel it's, like it's just when, I promise that
0: as you talk about the controlling I feel like that's something that so many women suffer from because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us don't feel safe
2: and do you with have good a controller reason that, do you have a controller oh for sure for sure what's up for you right now would you be willing to do a little ifs with me just to meet meet one of your protectors and talk to that protector for a minute? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to cry? I don't want to cry. <laughs> well, if you're not in the mood to cry, we could do it with Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey, you cry. Cause I've already seen right. you wanting to cry. <laughs> okay. I'll cry. Kelsey, <laughs> do you want to talk to a protector? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So who's coming up right now? Like who's with us right now? Like any feelings or what? what just, what's up right now? Just let me know where you're at.
1: Well, you want to know what I wrote down that, like, really spoke to me when reading this book was the um, inadequacy and, like, unworthiness. I'm already choking up.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So there's a part that's up that feels inadequate and unworthy. hmm And what do you do to just sort of numb that part out?
1: I think just ignore it completely. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. ignore it or work more or, like, just throw—I've always been the person. I just stay busy. Like I don't ever let myself, like I'll be exhausted and I won't stop.
2: Would it be fair to call her the, the dissociative part, like the checkout? Definitely. The that, yeah. Okay. So let, would, would, would you would you be willing to get to know that part a little bit with me? Sure. Beautiful. Okay, great. So what would, when, when you just take a moment to just focus in and just maybe even close your eyes for a moment and just check in with your body and your thoughts and anything that comes to mind. About the checkout part, any visions, any words, any thoughts?
1: The first thing that kind of came was scared.
2: She's scared, okay? Mm -hmm. Or is it she? Is she? Is she? I'm sorry, I'm giving her a gender, but I don't want.
1: Yeah,
2: it's a girl, okay?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So she's scared, okay? Anything else that's coming up for you right now as you start to tune in physically, visually? I
1: always, I mean, I always feel it in my stomach when. Ever I do something like this like it will like I can feel my heart beating a little bit it's almost like I know my cortisol is just whoop, <laughs> going mm. up 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 and I feel my stomach um cramp a little bit
2: your stomach is cramping Ooh. okay okay now does she this this part this uh controller part does she know that you're there that resource Kelsey is there mm.
1: I don't know. I think yes, but she she knows that she kind of, like, runs the shit.
2: <laughs> okay. So she's running the show, but she knows that the resources part is there.
1: hmm
2: Okay. Does she know that I'm there? Like, I'm here helping her out? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there anything that she needs right now?
1: Mm-hmm. Good question. I mean, the main thing coming to my head, I think, would be like time like time and space and like a space to be. Because the other thing that kind of was coming to my mind was I don't like to be vulnerable at all. I have like such mm. a massive guard up and mm. I never I mean, even in I do therapy like once a month, but I still I can't even get vulnerable in there. Like I I will not let myself because I think yeah. it just comes back to fear.
2: Hmm. So she needs a space for what? I heard space.
1: Yeah, I would like a space. A safe space.
2: She needs a safe space. Mm. So if you were to just tune in with yourself, what does that look like for you? What does a safe space feel like? Feel like, look like anything?
1: Um water. Like I feel most myself when I'm by myself at the ocean, like on the beach. Mm. With Any
2: her. other visuals about that that come to mind?
1: Just like no technology, no nothing. Kind of just like sitting there by myself. It's peaceful. There's nothing I'm like rushing off to do. No one I have to, you know, I don't know, attend to.
2: And if she's with you there by the water, what does that look like to you? Mm. think
1: Ugh, i don't know um it's i feel like i'm more at ease like it's i'm a. am aware that she's there but when i'm allowing myself that space and, and there's no So one she's else more around. at
2: ease when she's with you e- is what you're
1: saying. Yeah. Yeah. When okay. when she feels like she's in a space that she can be you know vulnerable i guess or like yeah unplugged is a good word Mm -hmm.
2: okay and still and yeah okay Mm -hmm. so for the sake of time Mm -hmm. can we make a commitment just because there's so much more i'd love to do with you we've thankfully you have my cell phone number
1: (laughs) that's right (laughs) but but
2: (laughs) could we invite her to go to the beach with you yeah when you just close your eyes for a moment
1: Mm -hmm.
2: just take a deep breath in and just breathe into your belly And let it extend completely. And on the exhale, just let it go. Just let yourself, let your minds eye wander to just visualize yourself, you, the resourced adult, awesome Kelsey, taking this little, I don't know if she's little, I don't know, whatever your vision of this dissociated Kelsey, the the checked out Kelsey, Mm -hmm. see if you can just take her by the hand or whatever vision comes to mind of bringing her to the beach. No one's around. Mm -hmm. No plugs, no devices. And just take a deep breath and sit with her by the water. And on the exhale, just let it go. Just take another deep breath and let it go. When you're ready, just open your eyes and just be present in the room right now. Is there anything that you notice right now?
1: I think I'm a lot calmer. I'm always Great. kind of like, I feel like I'm, I have a constant, constant, chronic low grade anxiety that I've always known I have. And I never let myself breathe. And I feel like that.
2: So nice. <laughs> what you said just now is, is exactly what IFS is. So you, the goal when I use IFS is to help the protector parts get closer to self mm. and self has beautiful qualities, one of which is calmness. Mm. And so the fact that she feels calmer in the presence of self energy means that you are in, you are capable of connecting to that self energy. Yeah. And so the homework for you, Kels, is that whenever you notice you're anxious, Just try to separate yourself whenever you get a moment Mm -hmm. and just breathe and visualize yourself with her back on the beach. Okay. Okay. And just bring that, do what you do. do, Just do your part of really giving yourself the opportunity to let that protector part get more connected to that self-energy of calmness.
1: Deal. Thanks, Gab.
2: Go girl. I
0: love (laughs) it. I um I feel like I spend so much of the time crying on this show that I'm glad you took the hit for me. But I <laughs> also, think you really thank you. needed that. Good for yeah,
2: you, thank too, you. Maria. Good for you for being, like, not really interested in going there right now. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you're a great guinea pig. You always <laughs> will show you. up for anything. But, like, it's just sometimes, like, no. You know, not going there today. I know I'm in mean, such a good place. A, I'm yeah. like, I don't
0: want to like get out of my good place because go. it's taking me there so go, long yeah. to get
2: here. My well, happy place. When
1: well, I appreciate yeah. you letting <laughs> me do that.
2: So thank you both. No, no so of that's course. another point, which is like that checked out part has an important role, right? Like maybe that's Maria's checked out part. Like, no, I'm not interested right now. That's a very valuable role. Like, no, I'm having a good time in the flow. Not feeling like going there right now. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, because yeah. I have to go there every week with Brian. <laughs> And, exactly. that's hard
2: this yeah, and you're like, I don't want to do therapy right now. And I thank you. And I actually really do that a lot. Like if I'm in certain situations, like when I was doing the training, I kept having to do demos with people. And I was like, I just don't want to do it right now. Let's focus on something light, you know, Yeah, so I get it.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. But I'm glad that Kelsey got to do it because I feel like you need to, um, you need to start dipping your toe more and more into I all of this agree. because I think that, Without healing, as you said, healing the traumas, you can't really fully heal yourself. And I know that mm-hmm. from what I've learned from you and everybody on this show, that's why with my mom, I took her to Tammy and we did EMDR. I was like, my mom's not going to have a chance at surviving mm. this cancer if we don't deal with the why she got it in the first place. That, there you go. And I really, really believe that. And so... um, You know, I think that all of these different uh, therapies that you mentioned in here are extremely valuable, but also even acknowledging that there's
2: something there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that what Kelsey did is such a beautiful example of the subtle shifts for radical change. Mm -hmm. That for Kelsey, it is too much to rip the Band-Aid off. It's just going to be a flood of emotion. It's too extreme. But to start to establish a critical mass of self-energy, to start to have a slight, even slight sensation of that felt sense of, of calm and serenity that she experienced just now mm-hmm. is a huge step forward. Yeah. Huge. And so that's the important message to the reader of Happy Days is like, do, just celebrate the small wins because they're just driving, they're guiding you. Celebrate
0: them. I love it. Gabby, I could talk to you for many more hours. But we will. We're going to do that. We will. Um, The book, everybody, is called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. Uh, It's incredible. If you look, every page is marked... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you know what's bad is when you're you're marking a page and then you get to the other side and you want to mark it again. You're like, shit, I can't mark it. I already remarked it. I have notes everywhere. Um, and like I said, it's uh it's actually, even though this is a challenging subject, it's such an easy read. You're so good at what you do. Um so, guys, I, I highly, highly suggest you pick this up. Um, because we're all dealing with it. If you if you have a controlling nature, if you have safety issues, fear of your safety, they're all connected to this. And once you start to kind of follow those breadcrumbs and figure out the why, then you can release yourself of it, like you say. Um, So until next time, love you. Thank you. And I can't wait to see you.
1: I got a lot of digging to do, Maria. Oh my gosh. Well, do you remember I told you that when we were in Connecticut? I know. I just don't have time for no, no, my no.
0: emotions. It's fine. Listen, you're young, but you're already ahead of the game because yeah. of the show. Because you are aware, you can slowly start delving into it. And yeah. by the way, for all of you out there, Heel Squad, like I said, most of us as women are dealing with these traumas. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the little T's, hopefully for most of us, but then they're the big T's. And so we have to start addressing it because it is the pattern that's running our life. And it's creating a very predictable future. Yeah. And that future is not what we want. So we have to unwind, fix, heal, address so that we can carve out the future that we want. You don't want to live in purgatory. Because it really is a purgatory when you have to fake things all day and, you know, do the song and dance and mm-hmm. do the whole thing. I understand it very well. Mm-hmm. But you're ahead of the curve at 27 knowing that there's some suppressed shit in there. Right? I remember yeah. at um uh-huh. Tony Robbins, Dean and I were partners, my friend Dean. And he's like, yeah, we just push that shit deep down. Just push it down. Nope, nope, nope. Don't want to go to in. Uh-uh, uh. Let's <laughs> just stay surface, everybody. Because we know it's going to be super painful. But no pain, no gain, as yeah. they say. So, Well,
1: we want to keep growing. Like, I like what you said. It's like your journey can go that way or it can go this way. Like, yeah. I don't want my journey to go that way. I want to go this way. Exactly. So,
0: and it will a yeah. billion percent. But you also out there need to know that therapy is going to help you. Mm. You need to have somebody you trust. And if you don't trust your therapist, you're wasting your money. Because if you can't tell them what's really happening, now some of it, there might be some stuff that you're embarrassed of that's going to take you a minute to like get there, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm getting to the place where I'm starting to realize, oh, there's some stuff I haven't mentioned mm. that I'm going to have to start mentioning. And start getting a little deeper. <laughs> but, um, but I think you have to make sure you have somebody that you trust that makes you feel safe. Like Tammy Velocenti, who we talk about and has been on the show before. Yeah. Um. She is the warmest, most loving human. I feel so safe with her. Mm. Um, you need to have that feeling with your therapist, yeah, I think, yeah. well and I think
1: too, you know, something that like I know with my age, <laughs> or my friends, at least we've talked about, it. it's like, you're scared to break up with your therapist if they're not right. There's a fear of that too. So it's like, oh no, then you get in too deep. And I literally have had friends who are like, yeah, I've just stayed with them because I feel badly. And I'm like, what? So if
0: your hairdresser was <laughs> chopping your hair off wrong. Yeah. I mean, that's extreme yeah. because they're doing something wrong and this person isn't necessarily doing something wrong. But the point right. is you pay them the last payment and you just say, oh, I'm going to be out of town for a little while. And that's how you break up. Bye.
1: I'm
0: going to be out of town for a little while. Just get back to you. Just a light
1: ghosting. Just, just a, a little light. Just slight. a light. Just a light. But no, you're right.
0: Yeah. Anyhow, um, I hope this was helpful for you guys. I think the book is really, really helpful to help you identify. And, and she also has really great prayers in there, mm. too, that help realign you and stuff. So um, Happy Days is out now. We're going to link it in the description. Of course, Gabby has her podcast, Dear Gabby on Apple Podcasts. And, uh, thank you all for the incredible reviews you're sending in. We're seeing them. We're loving them. At some point, Kelsey's going to have me read some.
1: Well, if you want to come and ask the manager Monday.
0: (laughs) Um, but if you haven't joined Patreon, um, here's a quick little thing on Patreon. So you get extra shows a week, one extra show a week. You get ad free shows, Mm -hmm. um, and then, although I think the ads are pretty valuable on the show because it's stuff that we love.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But then, um, but you know, might not want them. And then also we have our HEAL events. So our HEAL events are incredible. We have all of the different um, people on the show come in and do sessions with us and they're incredibly valuable. And at the $10 tier, you're invited in. So um, I think uh, it's a it's a good investment. So hit the link tree on Better Together's Instagram. Join us on Patreon. You're going to love it. It's a really intimate group of amazing people. And we get together once a month. That's super fun. Um, And that's it. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present.